just as an introduction, uh, Purio, who's working in the mission's office, is she here? Purio? She, what? she was raptured? <laughs> She's gone into the air. All right, she's in Sunday school. Okay. Uh, This is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. So when you came in, you saw uh, some material, uh, some posters. And this magazine, I recommend it. It's published by the Voice, Voice of the Martyrs. And there's a story in here about this young girl in this in Sierra Leone. Now, I think we made a slide. That's why I wanted Perioda. Okay. Greater Grace churches in restricted nations. Uh, so, um, but we, we know, we know that, that there are Baptists and Pentecostals and Presbyterians and all kinds of missionaries and churches that are in these parts of the world. And it really doesn't matter if they are greater grace or not, but it's good for you to know that from our schools, we have sent missionaries to these countries, and they they have prospered. They have been blessed. They have sown seed. They have assembled. They've seen salvations and in some of these places a lot of believers a lot of people and this young lady um tells a story she was 12 years old her grandmother was in a secret society she was a witch and um they would take young girls and initiate them into this society and the story is written here and uh, I I don't want to get into it too much but she grew in her understanding of Bondo rituals her grandmother allowed her to wear the devil costume and conduct mutilations on these young girls she was 13 at the time at my young age, I initiated 35 girls into the secret society. Now, it says that in Sierra Leone, most of the country is Muslim. 13% are Christians. But 90% of the people are are aligned with secret societies. And these secret societies are like demonic um, societies where they do initiations, they do voodoo, and something like voodoo, and they can, they kill children, her her grandmother even killed children by virtually, ritually kidnapping their souls. Really, like, sad story, but then this girl saw the Jesus movie, and she just had it in her heart. My heart was fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ, she said. I started yearning to give my life to Christ. And she tells about her struggle and the people in the secret society trying to kill her, but escaping to the pastor's house and to the church 
and how her life changed. Today, we want to speak about how Christ came to set the captive free and how these bondages are real. So it's a little different service for us today, a little bit. Uh, We have a four and a half minute video to play. And I want you to just think, okay, here we we go. I want you to think of people that are in bondage. Bondage is a big big word, covers a lot of ideas, but there's, there's real real bondage, everything from a government that puts you in a prison or to spiritual powers that put people in spiritual bondage. And that we are free. We are spirit-filled believers living in a free society. We are, we are blessed people. And we use this gathering today to just ask God to put it in our hearts to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. And because we are told this in Hebrews 13, turn there with me and we'll finish this part. <clears throat> Hebrews 13 and verse 3. Remember them that are in bonds So, we didn't know this girl here, we didn't know her at all, but we're learning about this society there by reading the article, and think of people that are in demonic oppression, demonic bonds, like in Luke 8 or Mark 5, when the man had, had um, demons in the graveyard, and he, he, there were two of them. Matthew says there were two. Luke and Mark has one. And how these, this man in that one case and two men in the other were under the influence of the devil. And we remember them that are in bonds as bound with them to people in prison and jail and ask for their comfort. We had a brother in Nepal. I'll see the video in a minute. In Nepal, this video is not about him, but this brother was a Christian, spirit-filled Christian in the village in Nepal. And they planned, they, they made a, they planned to get him and send him to prison. So this is what they did. They, they took a a, an illegal, an illegal bird, a bird that is illegal to capture. What do you call those? What are they? Yeah, endangered species that they, you can't possess them or capture them. So they had a box of one of those, and he and there was a guy with a motorcycle, and on the back was the box. And this brother was hitchhiking. He pulled a, the motorcycle got pulled pulled over picked him up and had him hold the box. He didn't know what was in the box. Then the police stopped. They stopped the motorcycle, arrested the guy who had the box, one of our pastors. You know how long he went to prison for? Five years. 
And he had, I think, six children. And his name is Beam. Like Sunbeam. That's how I remember his name. Beam. Wow, what a guy. We know him. He went to prison. And when he went to the prison, there were prisoners that started clapping. Because he came, they heard he was a Christian. Prisoners heard they were Christians in the prison who wanted a pastor to come to the prison. So the prisoners started clapping. And I think there were three of them in the prison. And by the time he finished, there were like 60 Christians in the prison. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, we helped financially his family to survive during that period. And praise the Lord for that. It says here, remember people that are in bonds. Remember them as if we were bound with them. So that's what it says. And them which suffer adversity as being also in the body. So it's sad to think of people suffering by food deprivation and water deprivation and other forms of suffering and their families and separated and so on so let's take a minute and pray right now Lord man is capable of being so cruel and heartless and evil Man is capable of terrible things, Lord. In our sisters and brothers in Pakistan, India, China, North Korea, parts of Central Asia, Uzbekistan, Arabia, other places, Burkina Faso, People are in bondage. We ask you to lead us, Lord, as a church, as people, in homes, to care about our sisters and brothers and the work of the gospel, that it would multiply. Multiply it, God. Multiply it, we pray. Multiply it, Lord, in hardship. Multiply it by your Spirit. By your Spirit, by your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. I know when Christ came into the lives of people in the New Testament... They came alive. They came alive spiritually. And we see that written in the scripture. That we were dead and God made us alive unto him. We were, we were alive with bios life. That's the Greek word for life. But there's two Greek words for life. We have bios And we have from there biology, and we have zoe, and we have zoology. Zoology, like um, a, uh, a zoo, 
right? A zoo of animals. Well, those words are used in our New Testament. One for our first birth. We have bios life. We have we our body is alive. We are born um, from physically, and then born again. We have God's life, the Zoe life. We are born of the Spirit, and we've come alive. But we do have a tendency to go go back into our bondage or natural mind. And we can live in our sinful habits and patterns of thought and behavior that are natural. So this happens to us. But uh, on the other hand, you have in you, Christ is in you. You have the Spirit of Christ in you. And when you walk by faith, the Holy Spirit is, is in us, and, and God honors our faith. We have, great, we have faith in God, who is the God of all grace. 1 Peter 5.10 He is the God of all grace, meaning he does not judge us. For the judgment that should go on us has gone on the Son of God. For when Jesus died, he died not only for our sins of the past, but all our sin, past, present, future. This means we are the object of God's grace. We stand in it, Romans 5.2. I think of a standing in a swimming pool, like you're just standing in a pool, and if you fall down, you fall down in the pool. You fall down in grace. You can, we can frustrate grace in Galatians 5.4 as if it, it, we're not in it. But that's like a, a rich man dying in poverty. He could have a lot, a lot of wealth, but he doesn't live in it. He lives in his poverty. Like the elderly woman who was a bag lady in New York City, when the police, she died pushing a shopping cart in the city of New York as a homeless person, eating, eating one hot dog and one Coca-Cola a day. When she died, the police went to her, her room, and they found that the mattress was stuffed with $700,000. Poverty, but wealthy. That's like you. And me, we're wealthy. God tells us that in the Bible. You see, in a way, in Hebrews says, how can I know what this says unless I have a teacher? That's Acts 8.20. But Hebrews says, how will you know what is in the testament, the will and testament of your inheritance, unless... You have someone telling you, what have you inherited? What have you received from God in Christ? So in a way, I want to tell you, God has invited us to this room today, and I am the attorney 
to bring out of the Bible what you have inherited. I want to give you the good news that you have become very wealthy in Christ Jesus. Okay, so this is, let's read that part. That's Hebrews. It's not my message, but it's an introductory thought for you. Chapter 9, Hebrews 9. Verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. If there's a covenant, you could use the word covenant. If there's a covenant, there has to be a price paid for that covenant. If there is something for you to be participating in, There must be some agreement. There must be some means that I receive what has been given to me in that testament. And the death of the testator is Christ. Christ promised us this forgiveness of our sin, this new life, this eternal life, this redemption. Verse 17, for a testament is of force after men are dead. Meaning, if we think of inheritance, the inheritance is in, in actuated by the death of the last will and testament of the wealthy person. Christ was very wealthy. Christ had power with God. Christ was sent. Christ did this this amazing ministry of liberation for us. He gave us this new life. So he made it of force, verse 17. He made it possible. He gave us the legal contract. Maybe you've heard me tell before, when I was at the airport in Amsterdam... The plane took off, and I looked down, and I saw some houses there. And I, I don't really remember the story, how I learned about it, but uh, those houses were, were lit, inhabited by squatters. People moved into these empty houses. And in my mind went to what that means, what are, who are squatters and how do they have? They just move in and take over, and they stay there. But, uh, you know, there are laws regarding squatting and taking over vacant property. And basically, it's kind of like this world. The devil has moved in, and in a way, he has legally taken over because we have sinned. When we sinned, we came under him. We came under him. Maybe, Pastor Steve, do you want to get that chain there and walk out here as a prop? This is Halloween all over again. (laughs) What do you think? Should we bind him up? Okay, over the neck. Where's his wife right now? 
She's saying, wrap it tight. Okay. That was a joke, sorry. It's not a good joke. Not funny. Joke, but not funny. Okay. So you want to step over there for the camera shot? Okay. All right. He did, the devil did move in to the garden in the beginning of our Bible, right? He came into the garden. Why? Because somebody was made in the image of God was in the garden. And he was the target. Because Satan hates God. So he attacks us and moves to bring us into bondage. And there's all kinds of bondages. In that story with that young girl in Sierra Leone, I shared that in the beginning, right? Okay, she was, um, uh, I lost it, I think. I don't know, it disappeared. The devil took that. Yeah, it's really gone. Okay. Yeah, it's gone. Wow. The the story of the girl with that secret society and uh, the control of this society on this young girl and she's she's being hunted and she she saw the Jesus movie, she went to a church, they threatened her, we will kill you if you go back to that church. So there's bondages of of all kinds in our lives. And those lies those lies are 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 very intimidating. And 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 I feel like and we know that if if the devil has some handle on you like some stronghold uh, some lie that gets under your skin like you'll never change don't even think about it those christian people are weird don't even think about it don't ever go to a church don't even think about it don't open the bible it'll make you crazy many many lies that bring people and and it's like the devil is like he's here he has a legal right to it in the mind of God. God has put him here. At the same time, Jesus came to set, set us free and to be really free. So uh, in that story, the girl escaped um, they were looking for her. Her grandmother was one of these witches in this group, and this grandmother. So you have a family member that you love or that you're connected with, and she is part of that bondage, the grandmother or your friend. You can sit down. You can take it off, too, if you want. Thank you. All right, give him a hand. That's good. Okay, uh, side side point. 
Deuteronomy. This is amazing text. Deuteronomy 13. This is for... Verse 1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which you have not known, let us serve them. You shall not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proves you to know whether you love the Lord your God in all your heart and all your soul. I'm really going to slow down on this because I don't know if you get if you got it. You, it's he, a miracle happens. They say there will be a sign, a sign. There will be a healing. There will be a sign. The sign happens, and they say yes. It, we it's it's from this other god. This other god did it. Then you will not follow them. You will not follow them. You will not embrace it. But there was a miracle. It doesn't matter. It's the wrong message. It doesn't matter. It's a lie. That lie will bring you into bondage. It doesn't matter. You don't look at the stars, you know, to find about your future. You don't go to a tarot card thing or a medium or anything like that. That's bondage. It's satanic. It starts sweet, but it'll end bad. That's a lie. That's a bondage. You end up in bondage. Okay? Verse 5. No. Uh, 4. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he's spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God. Here's a good question. There's a God that does a miracle, and then our God doesn't do a miracle in that case. There's a God, he will do a miracle. He will cure you of cancer, that God. I pray to Jesus, he doesn't cure me of cancer. And I'm getting sicker and sicker. I'm tempted to go to the other God. Will you go to the other God? Huh? It says you know. You don't go to the other God. What do you want? Are you and I looking for, you know, what are we looking for? We're looking for the true God. Not necessarily miracles. We're looking for the true God who tells us the truth. And Jesus said, I will set you free and you'll be free indeed. But witchcraft and demonic activity that we read about in that Voice of the Martyrs magazine, which has mysteriously disappeared. That story. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this. Let me read this one part. They would do these secret societies in Sierra Leone. When I, at the nine o'clock service, a brother went out. I go, which, which country are you from? He said, Sierra Leone. I go, is it true what I said? He goes, it is. 
It's like there are many secret societies there. And this magazine said 90%. And they do these miracles with the voodoo and also uh, killing people. Demonic influence killings are common and so on. But they say there's something in the Christian that prevents you from taking that soul. I want to tell you, this is the inside story, that it is not only because my grandmother said it, but I myself tried it and saw it with my naked eyes. I saw it in the children who became Christians. When we wanted to take them, it was difficult. Those children you cannot take. There is a force that fights you. This is a demonic world, isn't it? This is a world that is... uh, that has been usurped, that has been invaded. They are here in this world, and there are many expressions of this bondage that is in this world. And we are people of God. We are free with the spirit of liberty, and we stand fast in our liberty and do not get entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That's Galatians 5. The context is the bondage of legalism, the bondage of living by law, not by grace. So when we are liberated by grace and we learn to live by faith and by the words of God, then we live by faith, we live from faith to faith, and we're not entangled again with the yoke of legalism, but instead we have fellowship in the spirit and grace. Okay, now uh, turn with me to the text is Isaiah 59. And this will just be a few. We, we, we do communion this morning, so we have a, a full service here. So this will have, it has to be very short. 59. I really want you, I do, I really want you to to have this liberty. I really want you to discover Jesus, experience Jesus in your personal life. I really want that to be your way of life, that you have this liberty and this joy. And... um, and the reason why is because it's our privilege. Because lies, lies are real. Lies are everywhere. Lies are embraced in your own heart. You may believe a lie. And that lie, that lie binds us or limits us. But when we, when we hear the word and the anointing encourages us and we worship God and we thank him and live by faith in him, then it increases our capacity. We begin to, we begin to enjoy him, love him, enjoy him, worship him, and know him. And when, when the squatter comes in 
we pull out the document, basically, we say, you don't have the right, you don't, you have to go out, out. That lie is not controlling. That lie, I don't believe it. I don't embrace it. Actually, in Deuteronomy 33, there's another text there where it says, the Jewish people, when they walked with God, the enemies would go seven directions away from them. Like Philistines would go, Canaanites would go, Jebusites would go. When they lived with God, they had authority. And it says that um, their enemy would be thrown out in front of them. So it goes like this. Enemies are good at hiding. Have you ever noticed how much sinful stuff happens at night? How much people stay in their house and do bad things? How they stay undercover on the computer? They stay, uh, they hide, lie, lies, live like that. Like, don't find it out. Don't discover truth. Lies are hiding. You're like, like, uh, aliases, uh, uh, pseudo names, uh, act trafficking activity, like not in public, but behind. And Jesus, when he was arrested, he said, what are you arresting me for? I have spoken openly and publicly out in the temple. Everything I've been teaching, I, I am doing it out in the open. That's like God, isn't it? God said, bring it in the light, always in the light. Isn't that beautiful? And that, that is where our authority comes. Because the devil loves to hide in the darkness and lie to you. They will lie, the devil will lie to you. And say, don't even think about it. It'll never happen. It'll never work. It'll never change. Never work. Never change. So this is what Deuteronomy 33 says. Here's the Jews. Jews are coming. The Jews are walking across the stage. And it says, I will throw your enemies out in front of you. So it's like God takes them by the scruff of the neck. It's me saying that. And he throws him out in front of the Jew. And he's exposed. And that's how you destroy him. Exposing him, bringing him out in the light, and then then he says, "And now destroy him. I will throw him out in front of you." Listen, when you learn this book, when you personally learn to read the book, be very patient. I asked one brother here. I said, "Do you read the Bible?" He goes, "No, I can't read." I said, well, then do you hear the Bible? Like, listen to it on your phone or something. He goes, yes, I do, and I like it. I said, well, that's, that's good. Like, keep, keep at it. Don't get discouraged. And just keep reading it. Listen, this is what will happen. You will hear something, and that will happen to you. Like, the enemy is thrown out in front of you. You go, oh, oh, that's not true. That's a lie. I know, I know now, I understand. So the squatters, you go there with the document, sorry, you have to go out, because I own the building. How do you own the building? I own the building. I own the building. You see the analogy. 
I have the victory over death. The death says, no, you don't have any power over me. And, the de- and God shows the, the lie out in front of me. And I say, oh, are you death? Yes, I am death. You must be afraid of me. And we say, well, no, yes, yes and no. Yes and no. Of course I should be afraid of you. I'm, I don't want to die. But actually, Christ said that he died in my place. That I will not die. Believest thou this? If you believe in me, I am the re- you have passed from death unto life already. We will not die. Death, give it your best shot. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? How, how are we thinking? We are learning to think with this word. This is where your life changes. You, know, you will say, no, my life won't ever change. I've already I've tried that. The lie comes out in front of you like this, and, 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 and now he's exposed. And I say, Jesus, will my life change? He goes, you have already changed. And you are changing from glory to glory. And you walk by faith. I will show you greater things. You have a victory over your old life. There's a new appetite you have, new desire. There are new words. You have the Holy Spirit. You have a new teacher. You have new friends. You have a new society. You have a new fellowship. And one day when you die, your body, you leave your body, you will not be tasting death. He tasted death for every man. He tasted death for every man. Hebrews 2.9. Where, where is that written? It's in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 9. So we are free. We are worshipers of God. So when they ran after this young girl to curse her and bring her down and get her back, they didn't succeed. And we're thinking today about people in the world that are in trouble. And we're thinking of the gospel. We've been separated unto the gospel. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like a real walk with God by faith. There's nothing like a message of grace. There's nothing like the Holy Spirit saying, go ahead, go stand against the enemy. Stand against the enemy. He will flee from you in seven directions. Go ahead, stand there. Just stand there in Christ by faith, and you'll flee from... I heard one of our brothers in Pakistan told me he lived there for many years, and he married a Pakistani He said, the Muslims are afraid of Christians. You can have 300 Muslims and you can have two or three Christians, and they're afraid of them. I don't don't want to, I'm 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 not bragging about that in a bad way, I'm just trying to say something. That where two or three are gathered in his name, there is Christ in our midst. And there is an enemy that is a liar, and they intimidate They hide, they work against us, and they are real. But if you and I have a way of life where we are in the Word, we are like reading it as a way of life. We are also not just reading it as doctrine, but embracing it and practicing it. Let me finish with saying this. 
Learn to practice it. Embrace it and practice it. Put it into practice. Learn to obey it and do it. Blessed are you if you hear these things and you do them. Well, you might say, I don't know that I have the willpower. Yeah, you, you don't realize that Christ is in you, and he does it. Faithless he who has called you, who will also, he works in you to will and do his good pleasure. You find yourself getting, get doing it. You find yourself active. You find yourself engaged. And that kind of becomes a, a fellow, the grounds of fellowship of our new life. I could not be happier than to be a pastor of a church that has found the joy and the life of finding out who my enemy is, and he is gone, he's destroyed, and you're walking in that newness of life like the Bible promises us. What a joy. You help us by your new life. You build us up. We are built up. We are able to help people in different parts of the world with our message, our way of life, our financial resources, our prayers, all kinds of ways, people traveling there to reinforce and help our brothers and sisters find and know the liberty. You know, Pastor Steve, you want to stand for a minute? You got the chain? Did you get rid of the chain? Get rid of the chain. Listen. No, you just stand there. It's good. Yeah, there we go. That's, that's what... If, if that is indeed what has happened to us, if we have found Christ in a real way, then it's in our hearts. It's in our hearts we want people in this world to find Jesus. You know, thank you. Sorry. Good. Great job. I got to wrap it up. Listen, because this goes a little long, but I got to tell you this story happened to me. I was in New York uh, when Saturday I was up in New York uh, and flying back from Albany. And I sat on the plane next to a 30-year-old guy who was a tax accountant. And I, 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 I was, you know, I don't, I, I usually talk to the person next to me, but, you know, I, I just decided I wanted to talk to him. And maybe he'll, he will be good at talking, I don't know. So I, I said, you're from another generation. Like, how old are you? He said, guess. I said, 40. He goes, I'm 30. I said, I apologize. <laughs> okay. I said, how old am I? So we had that little thing. I go, I would like to ask you two questions about your generation, and you can ask two questions about mine. He goes, that sounds good. We talked about 40 minutes on the way back from Albany down here to Baltimore. So that was good. We were just talking. I, I talked about God a little bit. I talked about faith. And, you know, you never know when you're talking and just who you are and just talking, just to love him, encourage him, and listen to him and learn something from him. So at the end of the talk, 
you know, we, we closed it up. The plane landed, and then he said, uh, I go, yeah, I lived in Europe for a lo- quite a long time. I lived in Finland and Hungary. And he goes, oh, my boss, because he's a tax accountant. He goes, my boss lived in Hungary. And I go, oh, really? Oh, what did he do? We did some kind of mission work there. <laughs> and I go, really? What, what's his name? Maybe I know him, because I did that too. He said, Lance Brofsky. I go, we were on the same team together. And he's my friend and his wife, Heidi. And I, so I kind of took away from that this, this idea that evangelism isn't hard. It's loving people and talking to people. Because, to be honest, there are a lot of people that are in bondage. A lot of people are struggling with bad habits. A lot of people are spending a lot of money, losing a lot of money, have broken hearts. Another thing I heard in the, in the social media is that young men are having a hard time finding a good wife and good, and good women are having a hard time finding a good man. Yeah? You think so? You think so with what we're, what we're telling people? Do you think so with all the lies that are hiding in the darkness and destroying the lives of people? The best thing that you and I can do is to put all of our trust in Christ and learn what he has to say to you. What he has to say to you. Hear it. Embrace it. Little by little, you will see what God will do for you. Amen. Do you pray with me? If there's anyone listening who you want to have a new life in Christ, it's yours. We can read it to you right from the scripture. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If any man be in Christ, anybody be in Christ, he's a new creature. And old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. That's yours. That's yours. Believe in him. That's yours. He's for you. He came for you. He loves you. He'll help you. He'll answer your prayer. He'll speak to your heart. He'll guide you in the way to go. Trust him. In Jesus' name. Amen.